0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
1: Anthony for three. It in. It's by one. To be honest,
0: I would put myself in the same category as Dwayne. To tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head.
1: Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings.com. It is Thursday, December 13th. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. Uh, we got relegated to the B-Studio today, so the audio quality probably won't be quite as good. We have no sound panels in here. We have thin uh regular walls i don't know what they're even made out of they have paint on them so please excuse uh the downgrade and sound um but we won't let it affect the content let's get right into mvp odds something we wanted to discuss last week didn't quite get to it zach levine's at ten thousand to one right now uh he's the final bet available uh, at the sportsbook that will remain nameless that i use for these odds Um, But the favorite right now is Giannis Antetokounmpo, plus 240. LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers, plus 460. Anthony Davis, plus 500. Curry, plus 600. Kawhi, plus 750. I feel like Giannis shouldn't maybe be this much of a favorite. Um, Bucks have cooled off a bit. Uh, Giannis, you know, numbers have been great, um, but he really... Hasn't demonstrated the improvement from three. Um, he's kind of been up and down a little bit more the last couple weeks than he was to begin the year. Um, I mean, plus two forty. It just seems like it's a little bit closer than that uh, than the odds would indicate.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think he should have been the favorite back when he was the unanimous favorite, mm-hmm. like by everyone, like two weeks ago. Like I just I feel like people weren't necessarily watching Bucks games; they were just looking at the Bucks uh like net rating and just everyone likes Giannis, so let's give Giannis the mvp like he is not you know to me I, I actually think he played just as well if not better last year and it's more of a factor of the the system being an actual system where his teammates uh are able to kind of shine a little bit and he's got better teammates around him than he did a year ago but like he i don't think you can give Giannis the mvp over some of these guys i'm honestly pretty surprised that he's still the favorite i'm wondering exactly when the last time these odds were updated uh to me it's it's Kawhi and lebron at like 1a 1b and then there's a kind of a steep drop off to even Giannis or or one of the golden state guys uh the anthony davis thing is kind of confusing i mean i anthony davis was my preseason pick but uh they might not even make the playoffs so i feel like he should be worse than five to one uh yeah, I mean, I, I, Kawhi, I think if just everything sort of stays the same from here on out, I would not be surprised at all if Kawhi won because that team might finish with the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's clearly the best player on that team and he's never won an MVP before. So there's kind of some yes. voter, you know, voters can be like, oh, this is Kawhi right. came and took the MVP. The,
1: the anti-voter uh, fatigue.
3: LeBron is just like so... Uh, Checked out on defense, that like he could totally win it, and it's I would I wouldn't argue with it. But you're, you know, you're going to have to kind of come to grips with that fact that he's clearly not trying on one end of the ball or on one end of the court. So, uh, to me, it would be Kawhi, and the fact that there are four guys that supposedly have better odds than him is, mm-hmm. is a little perplexing.
1: Yeah, I thought the same thing. Uh, I wasn't able to get a date on the odds, but if you can get Kawhi at plus seven fifty right now, um, I would. Definitely jump on that. I mean, KD at plus a thousand. I still don't hate. I mean, I I think KD is probably somewhere in the three to five range right now. If you rank the MVPs, he's ahead of Steph right now to me, just because he's played more games. I think Steph has a better chance of winning than he does. I think I think Steph is the more valuable player if that's what we're trying to measure.
3: I don't. I honestly don't think KD can win. I think Steph can win. Uh, like I just don't see a scenario where KD wins. Whereas like Steph, if he like gets back to the way he was playing mm-hmm. uh, through the first like three weeks of the season and they go on a run and get the the one seed like there's at least a narrative yep. for him with katie that i just don't see the narrative right. like what what's the argument for giving it to him over yeah. Kawhi or, or lebron so
1: well katie's already been hurt by the fact that they were basically like a 500 team when curry was out um so i think in some ways that boosts curry's case it hurts it hurts durant's case but to me like the warriors had to be like a 65 plus win team for one of those guys to get it and they still could i mean like this is the Warriors I mean that it wouldn't like shock me if they just went on a huge run the rest of the way but they're at 19 and 10 through 29 games so I think it would take like you said Curry has to go on a run where they win like 19 in a row and he just goes nuts Mm -hmm. for like 15 of those games and all of a sudden they are five games up in the west and the narrative is completely turned from where it is now but I, I think if you like gun to my head right now Kawhi is probably the smartest bet um, I mean, obviously, best team in in the conference, and in a conference that's not really viewed as, you know, so much in so much more inferior than it had been in recent years. You know, I think we've said on this podcast, like the top four in the East is probably better than the top four in the West, even if the West has the best team overall. Um, the only thing that might hurt Kawhi though is like last night. You know, the Raptors go into Golden State without him and dominate from start to finish. They've played really well without Kawhi this year um but at the same time you know I I don't think unless Kawhi misses extended time and they just go on a crazy run during that I don't think that's gonna ultimately hurt him um but with LeBron you know I think he's gonna get killed by certain voters who just can't look away from what he's been doing on the defensive end which I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago and you know I think he's starting to lock down a little more like team defensively they've been better than you'd think but you know you watch those Lakers games play in play out he's loafing for like at least 40 percent of the time so i think that's going to end up hurting him but like to me the lakers are doing better than i thought i mean they're 17 to 10 it's not like they're running away with the west but i thought this was going to be especially through the first couple weeks of the season like i thought they'd be closer to 500 they're taking care of business against bad teams for the most part which is something that lebron's teams have kind of struggled to do in the past even even the cleveland team last year um so to me like from a wins losses perspective the lakers have been good enough that lebron can win it it's just a matter of them kind of keeping pace with the rest of the top tier in the west.
3: Yeah, I think Kawhi would probably have to miss like 10 games uh which could happen. I mean, he's already rested mm-hmm. a few times. Uh I don't think LeBron like if LeBron and Kawhi keep up this pace and their teams keep up this pace, I just don't really see LeBron beating Kawhi. I just I mean, I, I don't I mean, think the argument people LeBron, are going to care in, like, March that the, the, the Raptors beat the Warriors the right. Kawhi, you know, and so...
1: No, I agree. And statistically, LeBron is better, you know, in terms of counting stats, but it's it's a little bit closer than you'd think. I mean, assist-wise, LeBron is blowing him out of the water. But other than that, I mean, they're separated by only two points in points per game. Kawhi is a better rebounder. LeBron's slightly more efficient from the field. Kawhi slightly more efficient from three. Kawhi, significantly more efficient at the free throw line. Um, So, yeah, like you said, I I think if it comes down to, you know, it's like 50-50 between those two and one team has won 12 more games than the other, and that team obviously probably being Toronto, um, you know, I think it would go to Kawhi. We can basically cross off.
3: Why? I mean, I I know why he is because obviously if you're trying to generate bets, you want to have the odds sort of reflect where the money's going to go to some degree because you don't want to take a huge hit on... Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to have Russell Westbrook's odds at like six. I knew this is where and this was like going to hit, but like Paul George has been by far the MVP of the Thunder. Like Let me it's close. not even remotely close. No. Like I think I think Paul George like has a legitimate case to be first team All NBA. Mm-hmm. Like he won't because of the names in front of him at the forward position, but like you could make a very reasonable case that he deserves just as much consideration as like Anthony Davis yes. or Giannis uh, for first team mm-hmm. all NBA and he's not listed anywhere on here uh, like he's, I mean Russ, Russ is uh, 32 to one uh, which is you
1: know that probably accurate in terms of odds like you said but sure I mean
3: well like Jok- Jokic at 50 to one I think he's got a way better
1: chance yes. of winning MVP than Russ does uh, well he's somebody I wanted to touch on like if Denver is right there with Golden State you know in and uh, they're at top of the west right now. I still think Golden State wins the west, but if Denver wins 55 games and they're second in the west and I don't know, you know, the Lakers fall back or Kawhi does miss time, like it wouldn't be crazy for Jokic to win it. I I wouldn't bet on it, but at 50 to 1 it's not the worst bet.
3: I just wish one of the kind of sad things about this NBA season is just that the like the Nuggets are really good, uh but they've been just decimated by injuries and like Jamal Murray didn't take the sort of step forward that we thought he would. Gary Harris was shooting way worse than we thought he would. And they're still like this good. Like what I just wish there had been a, a universe or like where there was an opportunity for us to see like this nuggets team where Jamal Murray took that step forward and Gary Harris like took kind of a step forward that you would expect and everyone was sort of healthy like, I feel like there's, like, a scenario where this Nuggets team has, like, three or four losses at this point Oh, no, season. for sure. And, uh, you know, everyone is talking about them as kind of one of the top, you know, three or four teams in the West, rightfully so, but they're, you know, nobody's really taking them serious mm-hmm. as, uh, and, you know, a top three or four team in the league, like, on the whole. But I think that they definitely could be uh, in that conversation if uh, they'd had a bit better luck. And right. if, you know, I don't know why... Uh, I'm still kind of surprised at, at at why Jamal Murray didn't really take a step forward this year. I thought he would. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think it was just bad luck that Gary Harris was shooting so poorly before he got hurt. But um, I mean, that team has a much higher ceiling than I think they've even mm-hmm. showed so far. And they, they, they're going to show up at all your like top five or six of any kind of net right. rating you want to generate.
1: Well, in some ways they've kind of been bailed out by like Monte Morris playing really well, Hernan Gomez and Lyles kind of making up for, for what they're losing in Millsap. like, I mean, the fact that they are 18-9 and nine and sitting atop the West with all the injuries, Will Barton, who we didn't even mention, has played, like, one-and-a-half games this year, um, is pretty impressive. I mean, they're they're also, they're like, you know, when, when Millsap is back, when Barton's back, when Harris is back, whenever that comes, like, Murray, and Murray especially, I think, has to play better over this next month or so to really, for this team to be really taken seriously, right? I mean, Jokic is great. Nobody's debating that. They have a nice, deep, supporting cast of wings, but... When your point guard, who you know is going into his or is now in his third year, was supposed to take the leap, is shooting forty percent from the field, thirty percent from three, you know you can't really play Monte Morris over him at this point. Like that's that's a pretty big issue. That like you said, I don't think anyone's going to take them seriously until Jamal Murray starts to look like he's improved.
3: Yeah, and I I honestly don't. <laughs> I'm not going to take them seriously in even a first round playoff series until I see this core win a first round playoff series. Like they're yeah. just they're going to face a team in all likelihood in the first round that just has been through so many more uh challenges like that than they have and i don't really trust them as a uh kind of a strong willed team like i think a lot of these guys (laughs) i think it's Jokic's face i've seen well not even Jokic, honestly like i've seen like jamal murray just really crumble at the end of games like i've seen these guys just really kind of fail to meet uh the challenge when they've been in a big game and it's been close or on the road or something like that yeah. i could easily see them getting like the two or the three seed and getting bounced in the first round and then like next yep. year's the year where they maybe make a, a push to right. the conference finals i think this is just kind of a sort of fun regular season dip your mm-hmm. toes in the water uh take a weird loss yeah. to like the like the thunder beat you in like four games right. or five games or something like that
1: no for sure and i i I could if that was like a two seven matchup where they're the two and the Lakers are the seven, I would feel very confident that the Lakers would win that series
3: i mean they they might sweep them
1: right well where <laughs> where are you at with the Lakers? I mean, as me being a lifelong Lakers fan um always love the Lakers been watching a ton of their games. I actually just set them as my favorite team on the nBA app the other day, which was a big step had to remove the Cavaliers um The Lakers are currently tied for fourth in the West behind denver golden state o k c they're tied with the Clippers at seventeen and ten to me they're the, they're the the team after Golden State that I would pick to come out of the west
3: yeah, you sent out uh I haven't sp- seen your response spoiler yet. alert you sent out a uh, roundtable question ah. about this uh, I know you wanted people to find out about it on the site
1: yeah but, well, this would um, be good our site won't crash from all the yeah. page views now
3: okay uh, <laughs> yeah I really was trying to make cases in my head for <laughs> say, saying more than just the warriors like you you were like you know.
1: Rank. I think it was just how many teams would you take right, over the right, Lakers right, in a playoff series right. right now? And I was
3: like, well, like the Warriors, obviously. And then I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, no.
1: <laughs> it, it, if it Phoenix gets hot, uh, man, yeah, like, <laughs> that, that Kings
3: team puts it together. Like, it just can't. <laughs> I couldn't like look at myself in the the mirror and actually live with saying the Nuggets or the Thunder or whoever. Like, yeah, I think the Clippers have a shot. You know? like, no, I'm, I mean it's it's really sort of sad almost like that the state of the western conference is so sort of mediocre like all these teams just seem like 45 win teams and if they're all 45 win teams then you take the team with lebron and that's yep pretty much the extent of the analysis so uh it's it's kind of too bad um I, i was hoping this would be a bit tougher of a challenge for him heading out west but like lebron goes out west, and then, like, all of the awesome teams yep. stop being awesome. It's it's really... They're intimidated. It's really, I mean, he, he couldn't have timed his his uh his switching conferences any better than he did like he was in the terrible terrible Eastern Conference for forever man
1: you just wait like we're gonna turn on like (laughs) in like three months Colin Coward is gonna be ranting about how LeBron left the east just because he knew it was gonna get too tough and now he he jumped to the inferior Western Conference he saw how good these teams
3: are getting he had to get out of
1: there (laughs) LeBron was scared um no truly though like if he if you like put this Lakers team in the east I think they're the fifth best team right like, they're behind Philly, Milwaukee. Sure. I mean, they might Boston have a better record great. than Philly. Sure, uh, yeah.
3: Well, like, who would you pick in a playoff series out of the Lakers and the Sixers?
1: <sighs> See, that's a good, like, the adding, adding in the playoff series caveat, like, mm-hmm. means that you're giving LeBron, like, an extra 20%, um, like, just how effective he is. So, I think Philly. I think Philly's got too much. I think so too. Uh, I think Philly in a playoff series might be better than like and, Philly and in a random are, regular season.
3: Those are probably the two teams in the entire league that we sort of expect to improve the most between now and then from a personnel standpoint. Like, I think uh, both of those teams are going to be incredibly active on the buyout market and, um, mm-hmm. you know, are both going to be interested in looking to, to yeah. make trades. I think the Lakers obviously have more. Stuff to trade than the Sixers do, but uh, I don't think they necessarily want to trade some of the stuff they should want to Uh, trade. But um, yeah, I mean, like Jimmy Butler versus LeBron in a playoff series would be awesome, just because of how into it Jimmy Butler would be and how like uh, like LeBron, how dismissive LeBron would be about it being like a. I mean, it's happened before.
1: You know, know, when they they played the Bulls, I think it was LeBron's first year back, where he had he had that game winner in the corner that. I think had he not made that, they would have been down 3 1 and probably lose the series. But Jimmy Butler at that point was like Oop. the third best player or maybe fourth best player on the Bulls. That's all. Okay. That's I mean, this was 2015.
3: Um. All right. I'll, Minter- take
1: your, I'll take your word for that one. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he was like still like, nah, He wasn't Jimmy Butler that we know now okay. at that point.
3: Well, like, see, the cool thing about this matchup, though, is that Jimmy Butler could kind of take the whole series off from an offensive standpoint like he could just you know that his his legendary practice uh (laughs) thing where he went he he went in and taught those guys a lesson and he only took one shot like that's how i would want him to sort of play in that series like just only care about defense and let simmons and, and Embiid kind of uh run the offense and your only job is to try to slow lebron down on offense i think that would be yeah really i think fun he would
1: to love to do that yeah average yeah. like four and a half shot attempts Sla- maybe game. if you slap the slap the deck moves you know yep yep yeah take a charge get up and yeah you know possession that way um well that would be a really bad matchup i think mb specifically for this lakers team <laughs> wait you don't you don't think uh tyson chandler could I, Embiid? all due respect to tyson chandler who the more i watch him and obviously he's always done this um but he's still like whenever he crashes the glass, he is not looking to grab the rebound at any point. He goes in arm low and just everything is a back tap. And it it works an incredible amount of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's
3: my move at, uh, at roto hoops. I I,
1: I know that I'm not going to
3: be able to come down with the rebound. So (laughs) my my whole goal is just to be able to get a a fingertip on it and nudge it to it. Yeah.
1: Well, the problem is you come down with it. I'm going to (laughs) yell, put it back up. And then one of the, you know, six, three guys who plays with us just swats the hell out of it. Um, but no, yeah, I, I don't really trust Tyson Chandler chasing Joel Embiid beyond the three point line. I don't trust JaVale McGee doing that. It'll be it'll be interesting because the Lakers have to do something at center via trade or buyout, right? They
3: already did that. Is is Tyson check.
1: Chandler the guy? Is he? Uh,
3: I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. There's not a lot of options. To be fair, I if I were them, I would kind of be fine just going into the playoffs with that center duo they have and just kind of doing a lot of small ball i just think i think they need to upgrade they need another just guy they can sort of trust that Mm -hmm. can handle the ball and shoot the ball and uh, i don't necessarily know who that guy is
1: Uh, i mean with ingram out kuzma is now the the for sure number two option i think that's going to continue when ingram gets back whether that's over the weekend or early next week probably sometime next week i am all in on trading ingram at this point i've seen enough um jerry's
3: no longer out
1: yeah whatever yeah (laughs) i'm out of carrots i'm out of sticks whatever you know expression you want to throw out there uh the slender man needs to go um i did see there was a report this week that they were unwilling to part with ingram in a trade for trevor ariza which okay that that this is a a situation where i'm okay with holding on to ingram i think (laughs) Very cool of the Suns to ask. Uh, the Lakers were apparently not interested in dealing Kuzma, Ingram, or Ball for a half-season rental of Trevor Ariza. But mm-hmm. again, good on Phoenix. Got to cover your bases there just in case they would have been. What about Mo Wagner? Did they ask for him? <clears throat> oh, well, he might be the guy. <laughs> he might be the solution at center. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think at this point the Lakers have to regret not willing, not being willing to give up Ingram specifically and probably Ball even just because he's he's been so hit or miss. In a deal for Kawhi, right?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think (laughs) you just—I mean, I I don't know. You would have to keep (laughs) listing like draft picks for me to be like, "Oh, actually, no, I wouldn't do that."
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, on the on the low post the other day, I think Jackie McMullen was going through the reasons like why why Boston was kind of hesitant to to pull the trigger on on a potential Kawhi deal. And, you know, she's like, well, the biggest one, you know, not, you know, his health aside, which, you know, when you rewind five months ago, that was a much bigger deal. Um, it was just the contract situation and whether he wanted to be in Boston or would entertain resigning there. I, even if like, even if Kawhi didn't resign with the Lakers, teaming up this version of Kawhi with LeBron and still having like one or two of those other really good young assets and like, probably giving the Warriors like a decent run in the West finals. Like to me, that risk of Kawhi walking after one year is still worth it. Because this team this season would be that good. You'd have two top five guys. Two of the guys we just discussed yeah, as one and two in the MVP. If they,
3: instead of signing Lance and <laughs> so signing Rondo, they'd <laughs> sign like Wayne Ellington and uh, somebody else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well I remember I remember saying to you, like, hey man, they they signed those, they're really tradable deals, they're one year deals. Not really realizing that then you have to like convince all the, like a team to play that guy.
3: Well, so Danny Ainge gets like so much credit for
1: being this like genius
3: who you know he he knew that Tatum was going to be awesome, and markel Fultz wasn't going to be that good before anyone, and and all this stuff. Like, if if he's really a genius, why didn't he cash Jalen Brown out this last off season? Like, I mean, right. that Jalen Brown, the type of hauls you could have gotten for just a Jalen Brown centric package. Like, you could have gotten yeah. Jimmy Butler, you could have gotten Kawhi Leonard, you could have gotten like right any, anything like that. And um <sighs> that's and a fun game. You could okay, have got Brad I mean, Beal? Yeah, I mean, you could get. Really, any player who is semi-available via trade, they could have gotten for Jalen Brown. So, um, you know, not...
1: They should trade him for Fultz. <laughs> All right. The Road to Wire NBA podcast is also brought to you by Hims. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. But the thing is, by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's already too late. And that is why you need 4 Hims.com One-stop shop for hair loss. As well as skincare and sexual wellness for men, Hims connects you with real doctors, medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. You no longer have to purchase male products from sketchy bathrooms of quick trips. Uh, gone are the days of buying snake oil pills, whatever those are, or any other sketchy supplements. Everything you do with Hims is quick, it's professional, it's medical grade, and they ship their products directly to your door. No waiting room, no awkward chats with your doctor. All you have to do is go to their website, fourhymns.com. And if you order now, our listeners will get a trial month of hymns for just $5 while supplies last. That's fourhymns.com slash rwbasketball to get that offer. 4hyms, 4 F O R H I M S dot com slash rwbasketball. com slash rwbasketball we always bring up marco folds on this pod no folds news at all
3: i thought we i thought this whole thing meant we didn't have to talk about him for like
1: a month i was excited yeah we don't i'm just saying like i'm going to clarify why people are wondering like why we haven't talked about him because we're not going to whereas a moratorium on (laughs) folds talk until he plays in a game is that how we want to do it uh or gets traded or there's video of him shooting sure sure yeah if he gets traded we'd probably have to touch on that
3: anything i guess that would sort of Require a level one or right. level two node on the site. We can talk about them then.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll. Yeah, we'll mark that at level one. Okay. Okay. Once again, this season, uh, we've partnered up with DraftKings, the presenting sponsor of this podcast, to bring you a Rotowire six-month membership for free. Here's how it works. You probably heard us read this by now, but just go to rotowire.com/slash/DraftKings. Sign up for a new account and make a deposit of at least ten dollars, ten American dollars. That's right. At this point, you'll get six months of access to all the tools and sports on rotowire.com. That includes our optimizers, all of our DFS tools, weekly rankings, premium articles, full season draft software, outlooks. You guys just put, what, 800 baseball outlooks on the site earlier this week. That's gotten a great reception. You get all that for $10. You can then enter it into contests on DraftKings and win even more money. If you want access right away, go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Just follow the instructions on that page. Again, it's rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See draftkings.com for details. Uh, Patino Watch. <clears throat> I want to renominate Jim Boylan. I know we touched on this last week. Things have gotten even worse since then. Um, we kind of, I mean we sort
3: of said that they might and they got so much worse way they got way worse than i thought way faster than i thought
1: within 24 hours of the podcast last week (laughs) there was a mutiny i Um, thought
3: that there was going to be maybe a thing where like you know 10
1: weeks from now
3: they there may be firing boylan because like the players have just completely quit on him but like
1: uh yeah i mean it well I think we asked the question of like has has a team ever fired two coaches in one season and off the top of my head I I just can't think that that has ever happened. Yeah you know, there I'm sure there's you know tons of teams that I feel have fired like the a The Suns have come close in several recent seasons. They would be my bet if any team has. Yeah. I mean I think the, a ton of teams have obviously fired a coach, hired an interim and then not brought the interim mm-hmm. back, but we're not talking that. We're talking two in-season firings.
3: <laughs> um well yeah, I mean he he's uh, very fireable. He's imminently fireable, I yeah, would say. Super uh, I, fireable. I just don't think that they. I mean, it's almost kind of one of those things where you just don't want to go through the hassle, right? Yeah. Like, you're just kind of <laughs> like, uh, well, if I fire him, then we got to do the whole interview thing. Like, Paperwork. Let's just deal with it. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> we have to interview some guy. Unemployment. Yeah. Um, but, well, what about this one for you? Like, how, what would the Houston Rockets record have to be in like a month? for D'Antoni's job to be in, in jeopardy.
1: See, I thought about him last week, but I feel like he's he's Maury's guy, right? Like it would almost have to come from their new owner. Uh, well, right, f- but I mean I think like
3: their new owner is just he seems like one of the like he immediately became one of the five worst owners like in the span of like <laughs> like a couple months of yeah. buying the team and he <laughs> he's like just desperate for this team to be good. I mean props to is it Les alexander the previous owner
1: yeah i think he um, sold out for like two billion dollars
3: what a stud like <laughs> yeah sort of
1: dis- i mean talk about selling
3: high on okay. an asset
1: and i'm pretty sure I'd, you can double check this but i'm pretty sure he bought the team the year they won the first of their back-to-back titles like okay. he bought the team as soon as michael jordan decided to play baseball won two titles held on to the team and probably like, cashed out for like a million and a half dollars profit
3: right and or a he, billion and a half but i mean he you could not have picked a more perfect time to sell oh yeah it, you know because you're coming off of you know that was probably the best <laughs> uh regular season that that franchise is ever gonna have and <clears throat> he sells it and then they just like how much is the valuation of that franchise i bet it's not even worth two billion like if you had like forbes because yeah. like you have that chris paul contract which is already one of the worst contracts in the league uh like you're you're stuck with the hardened mm-hmm. chris paul capella trio is your three most expensive guys and you don't have any you've traded all these draft picks like mm-hmm. it's just i, I feel like daryl morey can't wait to skip town and and be the gm of of some other team like th- this is already like it's it's a team that i don't even know if i would rank it in like the top 12 teams in terms of valuations right now just because of how bad that chris nice. paul contract is it's just so hard to envision them being a realistic contender anytime soon.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really know what all goes into like valuations, just cuz like the Knicks are always number 1 and like they've clearly done nothing personnel wise to earn that. Well, that's just cuz they draw no matter right, what. Right, right. And I think Houston, I mean, big city, you still have Harden, you know, and and we should also say that like no one's ever lost money on an NBA franchise. Like no. it's going to continue to rise and like sure. this guy's not he's not just like playing the daily NBA stocks. Like I I think he's probably <laughs> going to sell in like 20 years and probably make a billion dollars himself. Um, but I mean, how would you rank in terms of bad contracts, Blake, John Wall, and CP? Like, which one would you least want on your books? Uh, CP. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And mostly because of age. Like, I think Wall, like, pound for pound, the Wall deal might be the worst, but he's significantly younger than CP. Like, I think the Rockets would
3: do Wall for Chris Paul right now.
1: Yeah, unless, I mean, in a vacuum, unless is yeah. there
3: two more years, is the, is the Wall one, like, a year or two longer?
0: Uh, i
1: think it's a year longer okay, but year it longer. i mean he's what four years younger five years yeah. younger maybe more um and maybe they just maybe they wouldn't just because of how poorly
3: his game fits into like d'antoni's system yeah uh, yeah, yeah
1: but if you're just talking like dollar for like contract for contract i think they yeah would. i mean i i think they would really do anything
3: to get off of that cp deal um <sighs> it's just it looks terrible uh the blake one i think is by far the best like yeah i don't know um but, yeah, like, so back to the Rockets. Currently the 14th worst record in the West right now. Um, 14th best. Or, right, 14th best. Yes. Yeah. The, the Warriors have the 14th worst. Yes. I was like, that's, that's usually how we how we
1: read those, right? Um,
3: but, yeah, <laughs> they
1: uh, – <laughs> Man, sons are the 15th best team in the West right now. That's crazy. Um <laughs> Look at how much worse the Suns are than everybody else. Everyone else has at least twelve wins; they have four wins.
3: Well, I guess the, I mean is this as good a time as any to talk about the hand wringing of a couple, yeah, prominent people on Twitter this morning about like, like everyone should be able. I thought that everyone could kind of agree and come together on the fact that the Rockets or that the Suns really screwed up by not taking Doncic. I mean, everyone knows the King's really screwed up by not taking Doncic, but instead of everyone just agreeing that the Suns really screwed up by not taking Doncic, there's people like sticking up for Ayton as if this is somehow like you can admit that the Suns really, 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 really screwed up without it being like DeAndre Aiton's fault. Right. Like DeAndre Aiton's exactly what I think you and I thought he was gonna be as an NBA player. He's like, pretty good. Yeah. He's, That's fine. Yeah, he's good. He's fine. Like he's not remotely close to as good of a long-term prospect as Doncic is so like that's not a slight on right I think that's a slight on the Suns front office or ownership whoever made the final call on that pick I think we know who that was but like that's (laughs) that was just a huge 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 mistake like we can give them crap for that without it being about like don't blame Aiton like he's got terrible teammates and like all, all this stuff it's like nobody's like
1: well, no one's saying, debating that.
3: Like, like everyone, everyone agrees he's in a tough spot. Uh, he's a talented player. He's young. He can get yeah. better. Like everyone agrees. Like, but you—I mean—you don't have to stick up for Aiton, right? I mean, you can just say terrible, terrible move by them to take Aiton, yeah. And it's not about Aiton at all.
1: No, exactly. It's a terrible move in the same way that it was a terrible move for the Lakers to take Lonzo over um, Jason Tatum. Yes, right. And I think it's kind of similar. And like Phoenix is like you know one. We, like you said, we know who's making the decision. University of Arizona grad takes University of Arizona center. <laughs> a very defensible pick at the time. Like this wasn't like it was a crazy decision. Well,
3: I, I mean, but that's the thing though. Like, there were certain like draft analysts who like refused to say that. Yeah, it was a bad move to pass on Doncic. Like, I, I thought it was a terrible move to not take Doncic one. Like, and that's okay. There were like enough people saying that that like it's not. I just I don't like the idea of like everyone just being like, "Oh, you know, what were you, what are you going to do?" You know yeah. you got Aiden sitting there like, "Got to take him like or or that's a that's a fine pick. It's a fine mm-hmm. pick. It's like it's no. It's it's kind of like um I mean it's different, but it, to me it's kind of like the Durant Odin thing where like there it's, were enough people saying take Durant over Odin where you don't just get the free pass yep. for making the wrong choice right. there.
1: No, I think I think that's a really good analogy. Like even if even if Greg Odin stays healthy, how many people are going to say he's a better pick than Kevin Durant or even close? You know, like Odin, if he stays healthy, is probably a five or six time all star who's never a top five player in the NBA. A very good center, probably in some ways similar to Aiton, almost a reverse, you know, where he's really dominant on D and always a pretty good offensive player, whereas, mm. you know, Aiton, I think, will probably develop into an OK defensive player, good offensive player. Um, no, I think that that's a really good example, probably a better example than Lonzo and Tatum, but the reason i brought that one up is i think part of it for phoenix was we have no big guys we already have our franchise guard and booker why why take another guard and not really factoring in one that Doncic can play like four spots two that the nba the way things are going you don't just need one guard and you're good (laughs) like and devin booker you know he's, he's a pretty good playmaker certainly a better playmaker than most people thought he would be coming out of college but the like the the argument that those two wouldn't mesh is just so wrong in in so many ways um they would have they would have meshed too well right yeah exactly the suns <laughs> the would have been too good this year um i mean so like if we could redo the draft this is like my favorite thing to do um if we could redo the draft right now you know now that we know everything and we have almost two full months of the nba season under our belt we know who goes one how how far does aiden slide does he still go two? i would take jaron jackson over him i think most people would right i mean anyone who wouldn't
3: is is a fool uh that's it's like jaron jackson in most drafts i would say would be the number one pick like at two months later like
1: i mean that's saying a lot for a guy who's averaging 13 and 4
3: yeah i think it's close like jaron jackson to me is closer to like donovan mitchell and jason tatum yeah like he's in that conversation like luca's just uh, in a different conversation
1: um so yeah jaron jackson too for sure i would say luca is is simmons and jackson is mitchell where like last year you know if you're a smart basketball person like everybody was like okay i would rather have ben simmons right like donovan mitchell is really really good but ben simmons has the potential to be like all time good and i you know i think this I, applies yeah. to like jaron jackson is going to be really good but i think Doncic could be even an, another level higher um
3: yeah uh I mean I think he I I think Datch is going to be better than Simmons just because of the the shooting sure. uh, issue. But so I think 3 is where it gets really really interesting <coughs> because yeah. um you can even kind of start making cases like down the board like you can start making cases for guys sort of in that uh like seven to, uh You know, seven to kevin herter range
1: yeah well i i think aiden's still three like we shouldn't we shouldn't like trash him too much because he's been pretty damn good like he's probably been better than i thought he would be from a i think man
3: i i might take uh i might take gilgus alexander and wendell carter over him
1: okay Uh, i think those are the only two just because just from a
3: like nb like for fantasy like sure whatever you want to have aiden two or three that's fine because you know he's going to be a double double machine it's going to be great Uh, he's going to shoot really high percentages it's going to be great uh but like in terms of just winning games i mean can you imagine just how decimated he would get in a playoff series by even a mediocre pick and roll team like it would just be it would almost be kind of sad like where you had to keep watching him try to defend yeah pick and rolls and you sort of felt bad like can, could someone
1: just take him out of the game please and right this is so, enough to put in Rashawn holmes <laughs> yeah, well i mean luckily i don't think we're gonna get to that point no, I, I don't I think, think we'll, i don't think we'll see that and the suns are gonna have to go on a real run here <laughs> it becomes more and more baffling that they beat the bucks like two weeks ago yeah i don't know how that happened the
3: bucks have taken some sneaky bad losses oh I'm, I'm boy i'm sort of surprised it. like that their net ratings where it's at uh like they're still kind of by far the the best net rating in the league but
1: yeah uh, um, whatever metric best basketball reference uses to predict who's gonna win the title has the bucks with a 30 percent chance that's the highest by far well, hey look warriors are at like six <laughs> percent so, yeah that season's over um well i mean part of the reason the bucks have i wouldn't say swooned because like they're still the second best team in the east um but like chris middleton has been after a pretty nice start to the year has been like legitimately bad for like a good couple weeks here so no is more it- go ahead well do you think it's a or go ahead and say the numbers i was getting no more than 20 points or no more than 17 points excuse me in any of his last six games over that span he's shooting 29 percent from the field he is shooting 29 percent from three and he's turning the ball over almost three times a game and he has 2.7 assists per game averaging 12 points during that span uh and all this is to say that i think it's going to leave the bucks i mean he'll he'll come out of this eventually but if you're going to pay this guy the max and he's going to be your second best guy for the duration of you know your basically the prime of Giannis's career his like pre-prime into his prime i i don't know i mean i feel like I, i'm a little bit concerned about how they're going to have to play this in the future because if you don't pay Chris Middleton there's not just another better player out there who you can pay instead and if you let him walk for nothing you know you're re-spending that money on kind of like a bunch of role players who aren't quite as good as him but maybe you know some of the parts i like they're just in a really tough spot i think with chris middleton specifically
3: don't you think it's just i mean do you think it's anything more than just a a funky slump
1: i mean no not necessarily i mean there's still like that weird benching against detroit or benching against the knicks missing the game against detroit so who knows what that means but i just think in general like this is if this is a guy that's going to be your number two and you want to win a title in the next five years like i just think there's some trepidation you know like a player of that caliber can't go through prolonged slumps like this
3: i mean he's still shooting 39 percent from three and 87 percent from the line on the season like it's not to me it's, I, I i'm not really worried about chris middleton that much at all i think it's just kind of a like we'll look up in two weeks from now and like um. he'll be back to just what he was uh i think that you're right in pointing out that that's why they've taken some of these weird losses is because his usage has um jumped up and when he has like a rough game like that uh it really kind of messes up their their offensive flow um but i i'm not really worried about that i i guess to me the more interesting question is just like does this like, do they have to pay him the max? And, like, if they don't, like, how far below the max right. does
1: his Well, does someone else so? pay him the max, too? That's the other thing. That's the problem. I think they're yeah. well. I'm not – yeah, I should clarify that I'm not worried about Chris Middleton, like, for the rest of the season. Like, I think I think he'll be fine. But if you start paying him the max, is he worth it? Or are they just going to have to pay him the, the max because they can't, they can't give that money to anybody better? You know, I think that's, like, a really tough business decision that they have to face because Bledsoe's up after this year. Lopez is on a one-year deal. Brogdon's up after this year. Um like they have they have like franchise defining decisions to make this summer.
3: Yeah, I think uh <laughs> it's such a bad spot because all your kind of common sense is telling you don't give Chris Middleton the max. He's not a max player. Every time a non max player gets the max, it ends up being a horrific right. contract. And then your other common sense is well like if we don't sign him like our odds of retaining Giannis go down what like
1: 30 percent? i don't know i, I mean it depends what you do with that money but like you there's just not another superstar lining up you know to to well, come to your
3: trading you're making moves like this the george hill trade where you're you know not like crazy good assets but like you're you've been kind of unloading some assets in the past couple of years to sort of make this core better so then all of a sudden if you don't keep this core together then you don't have the assets to improve it other than just signing someone else to a bad contract
1: right yeah that's the thing i i almost think they're better off like just paying middleton and then like if you have to try to trade them you know at least you have that contract because like right now one like some of their issues are just like you know, like the, if they wanted to upgrade this year and like make like a Bradley Beal type of trade, like they can't even do that because like all their good players are expiring, and like you know, unless the Wizards are just like trying to clear cap, they don't want to take those type of guys back. So like they have very little like long term value that mm. they could trade, or like they don't they don't have these like young pieces that you could throw into a deal. So I guess in some ways, it, like you would just have that that asset that would be tradable. But I also think if you're the Bucks, you're not signing Chris Middleton to the max with the thought of like, well, hopefully we can trade him in a year in the back of your mind. I think the.
3: I mean, we, we, we can probably move on from them, mm-hmm. but it's just, we'll, we'll learn a lot more about how much sense it makes to keep this core together uh, when the playoffs roll around. Because, you know, if this team gets to the Eastern Conference finals and is looking like a team that could be a contender for the next few years, then I think it's pretty easy. You just keep everyone around. But if this team gets, like, upset by the Pacers or something in the first round, then all of a sudden you're you've got a different conversation on your hands
1: i forget who i was talking to about this um but the the conversation of like what if the bucks could get boogie cousins at a slight discount next year came up because like that that's almost like the type of player you'd have to target like you're not the bucks aren't gonna like try to go out get kawaii you know like that's just not on the table but like some sort of deal like that where you get there's this like random circumstance where this really good player maybe becomes available to you at a discount you know after this half season with the warriors like i don't just, I'm just gonna throw that out there i don't know how it would work money wise what kind of money he would even want i um, would basically
3: just go to Giannis and say would you rather have chris middleton
1: or demarcus cousins yeah and if, he, be like, for some,
3: if he for some reason says demarcus
1: cousins then <laughs> i think you entertain it there you go um okay a couple more quick things and we'll wrap up if you swap steph curry for jamal murray uh would the nuggets win the title
3: Oh, I misread that question. Would the Nuggets win the title? I thought you
1: Well, I mean or or with first. the Warriors. Okay. I mean that's that's okay. kind of the same question. Um or maybe this opens the door for the Lakers. <laughs> uh man. I think it's
3: it's a fun question either way. I think it's probably slightly more fun with the stuff on the Nuggets. Do they win the title? Um
1: The converse, of course, being would the Warriors still win it with Murray?
3: Right uh i would my answer for like if you put murray on and took steph off i don't think they go into the finals as the favorites i think like if they were playing the celtics or the raptors i think it would be close to like a pick 'em in vegas and they might be slight underdogs but they would be in with like a, a a
1: you know, a legitimate fighting chance. Yeah, I mean, you're still going into the finals with KD, right? Clay, Draymond, um, and Jamal Murray is your fourth best player.
3: I mean, the problem is like Draymond's really fallen off in several areas.
1: Their bench is terrible. Their you know, their, <laughs> their benches, their, their big, big men, men are terrible. terrible. What did, uh, Jordan I mean, Bell, by the way? Like what? Ha- I thought he was going to be so good. He's yeah. taking a huge step back. Yeah.
3: Um, I do think, like, I honestly think they get it. It's Steph is a little. I think he's underrated right now in the NBA like I, I do think that the rest of that team other after like Clay and after Durant and uh, you know qualifications at Draymond is still really good on defense and is a really bad shooter this year like there's they're not a juggernaut team if you take Steph off. I think they're a team that's got enough talent to win but mm-hmm. um, you put Steph on that Nuggets team I guess it just sort of depends how quickly they can learn to do what teams do with Steph you know like can they overnight just turn into that thing where like everyone's kind of playing off of Mm -hmm. the space that he creates in theory that should
1: work well with Jokic I mean I think like you said that it wouldn't just be a plug and play although if there is like one plug and play guy in the league who can make it work without like a single practice it's probably Steph would a healthy
3: would a healthy nuggets with Steph instead of Murray be a better statistical offensive unit than the best Golden State offensive unit we've ever seen like like I, with Curry? Yeah, cuz I think that uh, I think the defensive drop off from like playoff Warriors to yeah, yeah. playoff Nuggets would be substantial, but like that offense could just be the best offense the right. league's ever seen. Oh if yeah. You put Steph in and Well, Curry I mean just out.
1: just like the upgrade you know, obviously, so much of Draymond's defense or value is derived from defense and intangibles, but like the the upgrade of having a shooter who can pass just as well, if not better than Draymond, like at the center spot, I think would be big. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to project. Like, I don't know what that offensive rating would be, but I think there's a pretty strong argument that. I think that uh, my answer is yes. I think okay. the Nuggets
3: would be the favorites with Steph. I think the Warriors <laughs> might be the Vegas favorites, like right after the trade. But I think as the season went on, the odds would kind of swing towards the east. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, yeah, well, hopefully it happens. I mean, we'll see. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that Curry's on the block. Uh, I think Denver probably, who says no? Um, probably the Warriors. Um, how much stock are you putting into the return of Cousins, by the way? It sounds like it might not be now till like January, February. But like that's just like i'm of the full belief that even without him the warriors win the title even though they're supporting cast is, is probably as bad as it's been since like 2013 um but like i, I feel like we kind of keep forgetting that a top 15 player is coming back to this team pretty soon even if he's like, not quite fully 15, what he was
3: like last year before in the injury terms of i don't think he's top 15 in terms of wins and losses i, I think,
1: think he's, he's very comparable in terms of overall impact to like jimmy butler i disagree um he
3: was putting up like 27 and 13 i just don't think there's any evidence that the best version of demarcus cousins actually helps you win like meaningful basketball games um
1: okay i, so mean, I he's think in he's in the same th- tier as jimmy butler or is he closer to like cj McCollum impact like, if level? if you
3: told me that the warriors were adding jimmy butler in like two months then <laughs> they might that would be so 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 different than the fact that they're adding demarcus cousins like it wouldn't even be close is it because of like
1: personal reputation or on court it's just like because style. of
3: how easy they are to integrate into a team like all the good stuff demarcus cousins does involves heavy usage on offense he's a bad defender uh he doesn't really buy into like team schemes on that end of the court and he is just a dominant scorer offensively i mean he's, he's probably the most dominant uh scoring big man since Shaq, but um I just don't think it, it's I, I think comparing him and Jimmy Butler from like a real life perspective is a big slap in the face
1: yeah, to Jimmy Butler. Fine, fine. <laughs> uh and I also think there's an argument to be made that Bobon is the most <laughs> dominant scoring big man since Shaq. Like all right, legitimately. All right. <laughs> um okay, last thing, Spencer Dinwiddie just signed a three year extension with the Nets good for him. three years 34 million yeah i didn't even need to know the money to know that that's a great deal good move by him by him yeah i think it's a good good deal by both i mean that's like that's i think he could have got more oh man but he does get a player option on the third year so plays well and then hits the market again yeah all right well we'll end on that we'll be back next week